Welcome to Conscious Communication, the podcast that can help you improve your company's culture and better your team's communication, helping you build more significant relationships. Now here's your host, Philip Bogolub. I have the privilege and honor of talking with Jeffrey Kretzman. Did I say that right? Yes, you did. Excellent, because I forgot to ask you before. Jeffrey is the founder of the BBQ Cleaner. I love that. That's why I want to talk to him. He's really consciously communicating from a totally different space. It's very unique because I, I mentioned this to my wife, says, people do that? I go, yeah, he's made a successful business out of this. I just, I love this stuff. He started in New Jersey and has expanded to over 280 locations, probably more than that, around the country. The reason why he is doing this, and he's on the CCP episode, like it, how he consciously communicate to being your own boss and putting your priorities first, which is your family. And I really love that concept and idea. But I want to thank you for being on the show. We got a lot of questions to talk about, but thanks again for taking the time to be on the show today. Thank you so much, Phil. I'm excited to be here and great show. I'm looking forward to it. I appreciate it. I'm going to ask you, you didn't wake up one day and do the barbecue thing. I'm like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. What was that serendipity? What was that accident? That coincidence? That thing that had in your life? You might've had several. Well, what comes to mind? They're going, I'm doing this. I was like, but this is safe, but I, I got to do this. I want it. But no, I can't do it. All right, fine. I'll try it. And then you came to where you are now. Yeah. So I was, uh, my first job out of college was in 2002. So I graduated in 2002, which if we go back in time was right after 9-11. So in the Northeast where I am, the job market at the time was terrible. Uh, I went to college in Boston. My goal actually was to stay in Boston. I wanted to find a job there and stay up there. The problem was I had to find a job by August 31st when my lease on my apartment was up, and uh, I couldn't do that. There was no job. As a matter of fact, for all my friends, we couldn't get jobs, so I moved mm. back home. Started a, I, I finally got a, a job in marketing, You know, kind of what they say, like your first you know, real job, you put on a tie, and this is what you've worked for, blah, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I hated everything about it, and I kind of knew I wanted to do my own thing. And, and at that point, at that phase in your life when you're 24, and you're living at home, and you don't have kids, and you're not married, and you don't have a mortgage, you know, you can take some chances. And I mean, that's, that's I always say, the ideal time to do something like that. It's just less risky. So um, that, that was really, I guess, the point where it started. And really from there, you know, now 19 years later, just really hasn't stopped. Excellent. So it's, it came out of more of a a need more than anything, trying to figure it and take that chance. Why did you pick barbecue? Why did you? Why, why didn't you pick something else? I mean, did you do searches and say, "Well, maybe I'll be a a franchiser from somebody else"? Or how did that kind of come about? So, actually, the way we got started was we took this concept from a company in the United Kingdom called Avenue, and what they were doing was cleaning ovens. So that was our goal, right? We were gonna. I had gone over to the UK. I had gotten a passport. Matter of fact, the only reason I had a passport is the girl I was dating at the time, which was now my wife, uh, had invited me to go to Mexico with her family. So I had to go get a passport. I had a passport. And the internet back in 2004 wasn't what it is today where you can get you know information. So I went on a plane and went over there. And our goal was to, to clean ovens in New Jersey. And if it went well, we would offer it to people in other markets. And what ended up happening was we started in uh, January 1st, and we were doing okay. And then March would come where like the season started to change for spring. And we'd go to clean people's ovens and they'd say, Hey, while you're here, can you clean our grill? 
And I would say, no, you know, we don't, we don't do that. That's not what we do. We're just an oven cleaning company until it got to a point where so many people were asking for it just out of demand and need that we said, you know, we got to see, we got to find a way here with the system that we're using. What adaptations do we need to make that we can do grills? And thankfully we found out we really didn't have to change a lot. And that was, that's kind of how this whole thing started. So it was just an accident. It was just, it was, uh, it, was it was an accident. A yeah. pleasant accident. Uh, it's yes. kind of like, you know, when, uh, um, you know, with different cures and different things with an like antibiotics, it was an accident, you know, mm -hmm. it was just, uh, it was a growth. I'm like, what's that growth? And and they figured it out. And other things, you know, I'll try this instead of that. I'll try this into Einstein, or you can go back to anybody for over a hundred years and figure it's like, well, I'll mix this and, and I'll try that and see if that works. The light bulb and radio and, you know, nobody had a clue. So one of the things I wanted to go back on is you said, take the chances when you're young and you're living at home. You're out of college. Those are the times you should be. You hit it right on the head. There's no responsibilities. There's a, maybe you have a student loan, but you're not like starving and trying to pay the rent or anything. You're living with your parents. And I was talking to somebody uh, about six months ago on one of these shows and uh, one of my podcast shows here. They said, yeah, take the chance because the worst case is you go out there, you try it, and then you fail, but then you go back to your parents' house and go, okay, all right, I tried it. Maybe I'll try one more. But you're really working at it. It's not like you're sitting around watching TV or playing cards or something. So take that chance. One of the things that we talk about on this show is serendipities, coincidence, and accidents. That's what I always ask him. And that's part of the immersive communication system of Ajinoy. It has to do with your soul knowledge, knowledge of your soul. It's a spiritually based idea and concept to trust what your gut says. So you've been doing this since when, 2009? Uh, so we actually started January 1st of 2006, but then locally, and then we started offering it to people in 2009. Okay. So, we start, so we did three years of kind of a proof of concept, if you will, where we wanted to see what we were doing that would, what was working, what were things that we were doing that weren't working. And then we could say to someone, hey, you know, if you're going to try and replicate this success in the market you're in, here are the things we would recommend you do. And here are the things we wouldn't recommend you do. Right, right. Exactly. And, and we learned that from really firsthand experience in those three years. What was, what is the biggest gain? I know because I've read about you, but what is the biggest gain you've gotten out of being your own boss? For me, it's the time with family. You know, I can set my own schedule. Uh, I run my, um, I run the PTA lunch in my son's lunchroom every Friday. Like you'll never see. If you tried to call me at 12 o'clock on a Friday, you could never get me because it's too loud. I, I, won't, I wouldn't hear my phone in there. So, no, I mean, it's definitely that. Uh, and you can't put a price tag on that. Like, no. you know, you and I were talking off air before we went on. They, they, they grow up so fast. Like, so I try to, as much as I can, maximize literally every second of every day of being around them and, and being able to take the business as being an entrepreneur and mold my schedule around them and not vice versa. I think is the biggest gain for sure. Yeah. I mean, when my kids were little, we went by this house that had a pool in it. We were just driving around. My wife wasn't with us and we said, Daddy, let's walk around. And there was a you know real fancy, God knows how much it was. Daddy, we want that house. I said, okay, we can get that house. And they started clapping in the back and said, because you're never going to see Daddy again. I said, what? It's like, well, I mean, they were young, but my daughter, my son doesn't remember, but my daughter does. It's like, I can't get that unless I make a lot of money. And if I'm making, I have to make a lot of money to be able to have that. And, and I understand, I kept it simple. They didn't understand maintenance or costs or anything. I said, for, for you to do that, you'll never see me. I said, well, 
we don't want that, but we want that, and we want you. You know, we want to see you. It's like it doesn't work like that. You, you, you. When when people always say, "Well, I can have it all," define all. And when people tell me, it's like, "Well, I want to make lots of money." Tell me what lots of is, because money's important. It's a part of life. I understand that's the way the world works. But how much do you want to sacrifice? If you're gonna, you know, you want to make a million dollars a year, whatever number I don't know, but a lot of money whatever that number is, you're going to have to sacrifice something. You're going to have to sacrifice vacations and weekends. I worked, uh, I was a contractor. Uh, as an engineer, I was uh, in the medical field for many years. And then when I left it to start my own business, I did a lot of contract work to build up some income to buy equipment and stuff. And I had this call with one customer that uh, he's the president of the company. And I said, well, I, I hear kids and everything in the background. Where are you? He goes, well, like, I'm sitting in my car in the parking lot at Disney World. I'm like, I'm, what? He goes, well, we needed to have this conference call and you wanted some questions so we can get this project moving, blah, 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 blah. And I found out later through one of the sales guys that he does this all the time. They go to Disney World or they go somewhere, even out of country, and he does nothing but work. So they never spend time with their family. Never, and, and like I said, these times go by like that. And the Egyptians, the Egyptians tried it. You can't take this with you <laughs> unless there's yeah. something I don't know about. So it's really important to be able to understand this. And I love the idea of cleaning it because people don't know how to clean things. People don't understand how to do it right. Uh, do you also repair parts too? Uh, some of our locations do. Myself, I do not. I am. I was not born with that gene. Like when we get, <laughs> when we get, uh, when my kids were younger and they would, you know, they would want toys for presents. Now they want skincare and gift cards and all that stuff. But um, when they would get actually physical toys, my wife would be the one that had to like put the batteries in and, and put it together because I am just not mechanically inclined <laughs> at all. So I do not do repairs where I am, but a lot of our locations do because it's a look, it's an easy revenue stream to add, right? I mean, it's oh, just, yeah. it gets your average ticket price up pretty easily. Right. I mean, people don't know. I mean, I had something wrong with my grill and, you know, I'm like, wait, how much is this? And I just need to replace the starter. And I'm an engineer, but I'm not, there's some things I know my limitations to. But I'm like, I got on the YouTube thing and it's like, oh, oh, this is a lot easier. To, you know, it's only easy when you know how to do it. So mm -hmm. I did it very carefully. It took about an hour and I, I made sure everything was good. But there's some things I just won't touch. Somebody wants to go into what you're doing. Somebody wants to call you and go, Jeffrey, I want to do this. But I'm a little bit weary of how long it takes to grow the business. And then I got to go through the training. What would you suggest to somebody to take the first steps into being an entrepreneur or even something that you're talking about, because I'm sure some of the listeners might even call you. I wouldn't be surprised, uh, or at least look at it. So what do you suggest for people making the first step in, in being an entrepreneur? So, uh, you know, in terms of us, you know, specifically, we do free 15-minute consultations all the time, uh, where we kind of sit down with someone over the phone and kind of look at their, their background. We look at uh, their demographic, how good, you know, what does your market look like for this? Um, and also, I think the most important thing, and I think it's probably a, maybe even the most important step is we try to figure out what their goal is, right? I, I don't want, we don't want you to start here if your goal is unattainable. Like if someone calls and says, well, you know what? I'm looking to make 5 million in the first year. We're not, the right, right, we're, <laughs> right. we're, we're not the right place for you. I, I don't have any interest in having people here that don't meet their goals. That's why our, that, that's why our success rate is so high because people are successful mm. in what they're trying to do. So uh, with us specifically, I would say it's taking those 15-minute consultations and doing that. But in entrepreneurship as a whole, 
you know, one of the things that I think is so helpful, um, and again, I alluded to this before, 20 years ago, it wasn't that easy. The internet is a wealth of information to do your due diligence in whatever business you're looking to start, right? You can get such pertinent information so easily now that you almost have to use it to your advantage. So when you're doing the research that you need to do uh, for whatever business you're getting into, go out and do your due diligence. That's the most important thing. Yeah. And if if somebody's full of garbanzo beans and they claim, because people claim a lot. And one of the things I knew somebody many years ago that went uh, bought into a franchise, <laughs> so I'm going to make this kind of money. He had no idea how much time it would take out of his life. And again, you have to go by what what's important. What what is is? And I'm not arguing. You want to make the mighty dollar? If that's good for you, go for it. If it isn't, then you need to reevaluate. And I like the idea of talking in what two or three times to somebody to see. But even if they don't want to do what you're doing, no matter what, do your due diligence. That's something that's really positive. There's not a lot of positive on the internet. That's one of the things you can find pretty much whatever you want. Even if they're not on Bitter Business Bureau, you can just do some checks. You can do background checks. You can. All, th- all that stuff you couldn't do 20 years ago. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's the, the internet can really be, I mean, look, there's plenty of things with the internet that's not good right. in this world, but <laughs> social media, for example. Right. But <laughs> but um, there are a lot of things from an entrepreneurial point of view, especially when you're in that infancy stage that you're referring to, that you can use to your advantage. I mean, there's just so much information you can get out there that can help really navigate you to whether, you're, you know, whether the decision you're going to make is right or wrong. Right. But it really can be helpful. How about persistence? You know, in growing your your own business as a franchise or just in your own, if you want to start on your own, period, because you had that thing, you have to be patient. I mean, you just didn't suddenly get 100 people all at once, and you had to learn, like you said, mistakes and and different things that you... Because mistakes are... I don't view mistakes as a bad thing. You can use it as a bad thing. I I use it as a learning experience. I used to, when I was younger, going, oh, why did I do that? And got mad at myself. I'd lose sleep over it. I'd get pissed off about it. I... I talked to people about it, which made it made it even worse, but I never learned from it. So persistence, you know, if if I want to be in your business and you, you know, I'm in I'm in the Chicagoland area in, in Illinois, what do I do? Do I, you know, you give me the keys to do it, you help me start it out, you train me, but how do I know how to pick up business? Do you do you include that in the whole idea of how to market it and how to, that's what you're paying for, right? Yeah. I mean, so the word we use is turnkey, that we give you everything you need. And marketing is certainly included in that. We give everyone an arsenal of materials, uh, marketing materials that they can use. So they can kind of pick and choose and say, look, I like this approach better than this one. We're going to use this one. The other thing is there has been a massive change in the last, I'd say, five to seven years in this business. In terms of, of marketing, it's gotten so much easier because of the internet. There are a lot more things now available. And not only are they more effective, they're also way more cost effective. Like back in the day, when we talk about when I got started, we had to rely on print, right? And print, right. print. the problem with print is that it was so expensive, right? You literally would send, we would advertise every Tuesday night, I think it was, a community paper would drop and we did 10,000 homes, but we were paying for those 10,000 print copies, those, you know, the then to be delivered. Nowadays, you can be so targeted too via the internet and in just this zip code, just this this household income, right? Because obviously, with us, there's there's definitely a synergy between household income and and your target client, right? So you can be so targeted and and honed in that it makes your it's so much more cost effective. What is 
really different from some of these franchises get very confusing. I can't remember the name of the magazine, but it's just all franchises. And there's got to be, there's a bazillion of them out there. They're mostly restaurants, but sometimes they're, you know, like cleaning services as in your house cleaning. And they're great, but there's so much involved and things you have to pay out. And it's very confusing because uh, many years ago, uh, when I was an engineer and, and my wife's uh, an actuary, she's been that, uh, an actuary for 36 years in the same company. And we went to some kind of one of these things to introduce the franchise. I'm like, this is so confusing. How is yours unconfusing? How is it straightforward? Well, ours is so straightforward. I mean, it's you keep what you make, right? The problem with traditional franchises in this world, and there will be people that will tell you they love franchising and they've had a lot of success. And that's great. I mean, I certainly respect that. That's great. But where we're different is we take the parts of franchising that the average person wouldn't like. Like if you're going to go out and do the work in this business, right? Why do we here in New Jersey get 7% of the sales you do? We didn't go out and do the work. We weren't out in the sun in Arizona all day working or Florida, right? Right. 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 It would be better for us. I'm not going to lie if we right. got 7% of sales, but we don't do that. So when we say here that people control their own destiny and they really kind of have a pretty large control of what they're going to make. They control it. You can make as much as you want. So we're very simple in that respect that we give you everything. We give you the ongoing support. And at the same time, you also are keeping 100% of what you make. And you're starting a business that has literally little to no competition. You're not starting you know, the 150th landscaping company in your area. You're not, right. starting, you're not starting the 80th pool cleaning company. Right. You really, you know, most of the time, these, these guys and gals are getting started and they don't have any competition. It's just them. They're the only ball game in town. They're keeping 100% of what they make. And when people find out about the business, and again, we give you the marketing materials to do that, sky's the limit. I mean, they just can't be stopped. They expand pretty quickly. What I love is, is you've got a niche, or I'm yep. sorry, uh, who's the, the person that did our bathroom? She kept saying niche. What's a niche? So what is that? I know, yeah. <laughs> so my, it's so funny, we redid, you're not alone on, on that, Bill, because we redid our bathroom, our master bathroom here about five years ago. And my wife said something, you know, when they were doing the thing with the contractor that she wanted a niche. I had, I had never heard this word ever in my <laughs> life. I mean, and I still don't, if you, if you ask me like, what is it? I mean, we have it in our shower. Right. And I, so I know what it is, but I really don't know what it is. No, it's, so, it's, it's yeah. a little area you put your soap on or something. Exactly. I mean, why do you call it a niche or, or what? It, so I, I don't know if it's a French word. It probably is. But yeah, I keep doing to somebody and I said, well. No, it's a niche business. It's like, no, there's a niche. I'm like, I don't understand. That was right. the What's state. the difference? What's right. the difference? I really don't care. And I don't want to Not a shower business. Where did I get a shower business? <laughs> I was going to ask you about more of the cost and the structure, but you, you basically answered that. And being in your own business, and it is a niche. <laughs> right. God, I'm going to be thinking about that. I'm going to say that word the next couple of days. My son, stop saying that. I know you hate that word. But how do you, how do you keep, because it is, it is a lot of work. I mean, it's not like you're uh, one, one of the things when, when I stopped in the corporate world several years ago, it takes time. It takes work. Uh, you have to find your, your niche. You have to find your niche. You have to find your little area. You don't want to be like everybody else, but it takes time and it takes a lot of effort. How straightforward are, are you with your, your potential franchisees to say, hey, this is going to take some work. You know, you're going to have to do, we'll supply this stuff, but you've got to go get the accounts. You've got to do it because it is. They're representative of your brand. 
So you got to be, you know, you've got to be really on top of it. I guess that leads to another question. How do you know if it's going to work when they take it on? And have you had people that's like, yeah, it doesn't work and stop? Well, I think, it, I think, well, I'll, I'll take the first question first. I think okay. we know when it's going to work by doing some research. I think now, since we've done this 289 times or whatever it is, I think we have a, I don't want to say a perfect handle, but I think we kind of have an idea of where it will work and where it won't, right? Okay. Um, so I think that's the the first thing. I don't think that it's 100% accurate. Like, we're, you know, we have it right 100% of the time, but I would probably tell you we're pretty close to 100%. Like, we're, we, cool. we get it. Okay. Um, have we ever had people that have stopped? You know, the people that have stopped, um, it has never been a lack of business. It's never been a reason where, hey, we can't find business here. It has always been something else. I'll give you an example, and I hate this story, but I'll tell it. One of the first locations we had, it might have been the sixth or seventh, was in Southern California. And I flew out for the opening. I go, I still to this day go out for every opening. And uh, I was, we were at, so it was a father and son and the father was doing a really nice thing. And the son was probably, you know, 20, 21 years old. And the father was, was literally buying this business for his son to do. Right. And in that market in Southern California, as we've seen with some of our people, you could build this up and never have to work again. Right. You you do it right. You do it right. Right. Yeah. And so we're sitting in a Chinese restaurant, me, him, so me, the father and the son. Okay. And we're sitting literally... They sat us in the middle of the restaurant. So there's tables all around us. And now these are my clients, right? So you know that when you're with work people, you act a certain way and you have to act a certain way that you don't do if I was out with my wife and my kids. Right. <laughs> you know, right. like you just, you're acting a certain way. And so we're in this restaurant and the, and the son out of nowhere in the restaurant is cursing at the father. Now, again, he, th- I'm sitting there at the table with them. Now, I can't say anything. I can't no. get involved, right? No. I mean, I'm just sitting here. I'm pretending I don't hear it, but I hear it, right? So, was it loud? Yeah, it was loud. Oh, yeah. Oh, the whole restaurant oh, heard it, okay. right? and oh it was my a, God. It, it was a Monday. We were in LA, and it was a Monday. And so, we're in this Chinese restaurant, okay? And so, a couple months go by, and the father calls me. I'll never forget, my, my nephew had just been born, like hours earlier. Okay. And we were on the way to the hospital to meet, you know, to meet him. And the father called and he said, look, he goes, I know this is probably going to upset you, but we're going to shut down the business. It's not for a lack of customers calling. It's because it's destroying the relationship I'm having with my son. And I can't jeopardize, I don't want to jeopardize that, which I completely understand. Okay. So normally when we see these kinds of things, if someone doesn't continuously do it, there's a reason. Like I have, I can think of another guy that did it for a bunch of years and he said, look, I'm going to just sell it and I want to go to Arizona and golf all day. Right. And that's what he does now. <laughs> so it, it's, it's usually uh, a lack of people wanting, uh, having a reason right? other than a lack of business. Yeah. It's not like they don't want to do it, but you know what? It's, uh, I, I have known people in their own businesses that working with their family and then somebody retires, the son or the daughter takes it over and then maybe the, the son or daughter work together and they want to kill each other yeah. and the business just goes under because they can't agree. So, and yeah, it's interesting you mentioned that because it's, it's kind of like having your parents move in with you or, or you moving back in. Uh, when my daughter comes for visits, uh, she lives in uh, uh, Texas right now and uh, she, <laughs> she came back. It's not the same as when you're 18. When you're 18, it, you're used to those idiosyncrasies, yeah. <laughs> those little things. That she does. And she's a great person. I love her. 
love her dearly, but she comes home, she does this, this, and this. And I'm like, I, I closed the drawer. You know, um, what was that yep. movie where the guy like kept all the, oh, the ca- cabinets and cupboards open and the drawers open the whole time? I, I mm-hmm. can't remember what movie that was several years ago. I'm like, I was like, do you, cl- can you turn the lights? I feel like, Come back and it's like you're leaving when? <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah, it 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 can be it can be very stressful and something to that uh, to that degree. So the fear and challenge of opportunity. Uh, you just answer that question. You know, you can grow the business as much as you want or as little as you want, and you can do this forever. I mean, I I, I I'm just impressed of the 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 niche that fell in in your lap. Not well, you know what I mean. You saw that opportunity. Because one of the things I tell people, because I'm, I'm my uh, seminars, and it has to do with the mind and the way we think and all this stuff, and uh, my audience has heard this a million times, but I'm going to the health club, and I say, I'm health club for the mind, not health club for the body, because I'm, I'm going and approaching health clubs now, and I'm like, well, what makes you different than everybody else? Well, uh, well, we have better equipment. Yeah, no, the customer doesn't care. Um, what yeah. else? Well, we got a pull. Okay, that's wonderful. I said, well, how about something thinking about the mind? You want to come in with the, the body may be shaky because it had a bad day. How about the mind is shaky and you had a bad day and you, you both leave physically and mentally in a better, better mood and a better way. And it's like, oh, I never thought about that. So you got to find little things to be a little bit different than everyone else. So the fear and the challenge and the opportunity are something that, uh, that you've already answered. You know, you, you need to be patient. You need to understand. Have you gone out in other directions other than this business? Have you adventured into other things that you could talk about or you want to talk about? Or are you just basically sticking with what the barbecue because it's so successful? I mean, that model and what you've learned, you could place anywhere in different kind of businesses. Yeah. So we've really stuck to the core offering, which is the cl- you know the grill cleaning. Look, it's kind of like the old saying, if it isn't broken, don't fix it. You're right. I do think we um, we will take a look occasionally time to time see you know can we do things better and you always can right i mean it's right. not per- it's not perfect no so so i make changes i don't want to say a lot um but i do uh periodically but i i i think you know we really haven't ventured off because we've just had so much success here yeah. that I, i'm not i don't know like i also i don't know i just don't really need i i don't need i i don't need to and and right. I, I, and I genuinely like what I do, so I I, I have a really cool gig. So yeah, uh, exactly. We kind of stick with it. Well, I like the model and how you business, how you built the business, and you have to figure that out along the way. And we talked about different things in podcasting because he has his own show. What was the name of your show again? Mind your fucking business. <laughs> I had to have him say that because I yeah, would have no. actually said it wrong. Um, uh, we got to say it. I love that. Um, and it's talking about hockey and stuff. And I, I just love, we just had a conversation before the record button. Before we end today's show, I want to know what kind of positive aphorism you can leave with the audience. We always want to leave somebody with something going, oh, I never thought of, it doesn't have to be business. It doesn't have, it can be anything that you've learned over the years of, of just experience in general saying, oh I, oh, I think of it that way. I like that idea. And then we'll close the show. You know, I, so I had a discussion with my kids the other night. Um, <laughs> Uh, so my kids are now 12 and 10 and uh, it was primarily with my 12 year old. And we were talking about like just the importance in life of knowing how to properly communicate with people, whether you're, whether you're with your family, whether you're in a business situation, whether you're with clients, knowing how to properly communicate 
is of the utmost importance and will dictate so much of 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 your success in life it sounds so general and it sounds so elementary and what i was trying to explain to her is you would be surprised at how many people don't understand this and screw it up where it's basic 101 stuff right and you just need to learn how to communicate so with the barbecue cleaner look it, am i do i clean a grill better than every other person in the united states no i don't right but the success is always comes back to how you communicate with people, whether how you communicate with a prospect who's looking to start a business or whether they're just a simple person who wants to get the service done in their home. It's the need to communicate correctly, to read the situation and know how to communicate. That, that is probably with the audience that I know with your, with this show has. It's just so important. Like it really is. So that's the best thing I can I can leave them with. No, I appreciate that because coming from customer service, I mean, I was in engineering field for over 25 years, most of my career, and and uh, with a medical device. And working in the sales and marketing department, uh, my mom used to, I'm Jewish, and my mom used to always say, Fermach the Moyle. It's a Yiddish word, means shut your mouth. And so you got nothing good to say, don't say anything. And uh, two of the sales guys I end up being friends with still today, and they, um, you do a lot of listening. Uh, you do a lot of body language looking. You do a lot of understanding how you're communicating uh, and it, it, the way your cadence is. I know it sounds it sounds kind of like a lot of work, but it isn't. It's a very important. I mean, your whole thing of uh, are you folding your arms? Are you scratching your head? Are you on a phone when you're talking to somebody live and in person? Are you ignoring them? Are you, is your eyes roaming? How is your cadence? Your voice? And you're right. You're not... You're not going to act like you do with your family that you do with everybody else because I'm going to go, what are you doing? So communication is the utmost important. If anything, we've learned over the past several years, we need human communication. This stuff is great. I love this technology. I'm not knocking it off, but you need that human touch. You go to all your openings. You go, if you have a problem with the customer that you're, you know, you're dealing with your franchisee, you have to go out. I'm sure you've gone out and helped people in emergencies or situations. But you have to come in there not as a, a bull in a china shop, as they used to say, running around, running around. I get, I know the answer. You're just there to support them, and you need yeah. to talk to them and and get you know, like when you're interviewing people for that want to work with your company, you want to make sure that they're talking. You don't want to over talk them, and that's one of the things that I've learned over the years, and I'm still always consciously aware of. Uh, we are not good listeners. People are just horrible listeners. I know my question in my mind. I'm not listening to a damn thing you say. I'm just waiting for you to stop talking so I can ask my question. And that's the way a lot of people do. And it's kind of like when you went to college and you're marking all the notes down from what the professor was saying on board. But by the time you marked it down, he's already 10 minutes later. You don't know what the hell's going on. Yep. So you, communication is of the utmost important. And I appreciate that advice. So again, thank you, Jeffrey, for being on the show today. I really appreciate it. You got it. Thank you for having me, Phil. And remember, it is more important to express your thinking thoughts and not the thoughts you are thinking. That is what is called conscious communication. See you next time. Thanks for listening to Conscious Communication. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend on Apple Podcasts, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcast. You can also get more great information at ConsciousCommunicationPodcast.com.